Welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Sheeland. And I'm the other host, Asia Bonilla. We're back this week finishing the first book of the City of Ember trilogy, The City of Ember, and I'm really enjoying these shorter readings after the huge pile-on of the Divergent books. Yeah, these are short and sweet for sure. And as we say every week, we're a book club podcast with the Nerd Party Network, and we read and reread YA books from our adolescence. We're currently on my series, so this is one that I've read some of. I definitely have read this book before, and I remember starting the next one, but I'm not exactly sure how the second one finishes, and I've definitely never read the third one, so there you go. Well, I am the complete newcomer to the series, so I get to give a quick plot summary for anyone who needs a refresher of the main plot points of the reading. So diving right in, Lena and Dune discover that Lizzie, Looper, and the mayor are stealing the supplies and just letting the city fall into disrepair. They tell the guards who tell the mayor, and now they are suspected targets. They also have discovered the ladder down to water level, found boats and candles, and essentially the way to leave the city of Ember. The two of them try to decide if they should try to rally the crowd and tell everyone about the mayor and the egress or just leave Ember. They ultimately are forced to leave, bringing Poppy with them, but they do find out that Ember is way, way, way below the earth, and they drop a message down to the people with instructions for leaving. And it turns out the ember was started to ensure the existence of humanity if disaster were to strike the earth. So, just giving my first impressions, I feel that this book was overall pretty interesting, but it's just very, very clearly written for a younger audience because of the naivety and innocence of our main characters that we're following. As of right now, I still think that it's better and more interesting than Percy Jackson, which could just be because I am reading this for the first time. So I have I had no idea what to expect. So obviously that drew me in a little bit more. But we'll just have to see if I continue to feel this way as we finish the series. Yeah, I I enjoyed it as well. It's not quite how I remember the ending. So I think that I was thinking of the beginning of the next book as the ending of this one. But I will say like, it's sweet you know the characters are sweet i also cannot get over how young of an audience this was written for so i think it's perfect comparison that you made it to percy jackson i think i enjoyed it a little more so far than the percy jackson series though maybe that's just because i just read it but i think that again we'll see how that stacks up as the books go on i just think that like i remember when we were reading percy jackson we just felt like it got really repetitive, yeah. and also there were, what, five books in Percy Jackson? At least this is only a trilogy. So even if, let's say, the next two books follow kind of like a similar plot, like way of flowing, I don't think it'll be as, it won't feel as repetitive because there's just, there'll be two less, two fewer books than there is. I think that's it, a good point. Than in Percy Jackson. Yeah, I think that w- that was a thing with Percy Jackson is that even though they were covering different like, it felt like we had the same formula for every single book. Mm-hmm. So we'll see it. I, and I don't think that the next book will have the same formula as this one because they're no longer an ember. Yeah. But anyway, let's just go ahead and dive in and we'll see. So luckily, Lina, Lena, Lina, what did we say we were pronouncing her name as? I was saying Lena, but 
I would think Lena because Lina is like lima beans or something. That sounds like an awful <laughs> name. So Lena it is. Well, it's spelled like lima. So anyway, Lena. Lena and Poppy are now living with Mrs. Murdo. So at least they don't have to like, raise themselves. Yes. And as nice as this is, something about it like felt off to me when I was reading it, which I was like, maybe I just don't trust people or I'm just maybe, you know, since we're reading all these dystopian novels and they're usually some kind of twist or people are not doing things for the right reasons. I like thought that it was kind of weird that this lady was just like, yeah, I'll take you guys in like no worries. But obviously that was the case that I was just kind of reaching because it turns out at least from what we got in this book is that it was pretty much entirely innocent and just a kind gesture. And Mrs. Murdo really just wanted to give them a home and take them in. Yeah. So Lena then runs into Lizzie. And I think this is probably, we've discussed this on the show. Sometimes there are moments that I know both of us, like I just know I write this down. Like I'm sure Asia will have taken a note on this. And I feel like this is the moment because Lizzie says that her boyfriend called her as he said, Lizzie, you're as beautiful as a red tomato. Did you write that down too? Yes, I wrote down that that's not a, that is not a great compliment. Lizzie, like, I don't know in what world she thought that that was like a compliment to me. That's, if anything, a very much backhanded compliment. I don't know. I've never considered a tomato beautiful, but I guess I'm a little biased since I don't really like tomatoes. But... With this, we find out that Lizzie's boyfriend is Looper, which is the one who sold Lena the colored pencils, and he also happens to be a storeroom worker, which, little quick side note, I don't know why, but, like, the guy who sold Lena the colored pencils, like, I thought it was, like, an old guy, but maybe it was just because he was being creepy that I automatically made it into, like, an older character, so that's why when Lizzie was like, this is my boyfriend, I was like, aren't you 12? Well, I definitely, I mean, Lena... Looper definitely, like, is too old for Lena. Like, we don't know how old he is. But do you think he he's, is. like, just, like, an older teenager, like, 17 or something? No, or, like, I he's an adult? he was an adult because he runs a store. And he's given messages to the mayor. Okay, so my suspicions are correct. Well, I guess we only get this from Lizzie's perspective, so she might consider him her boyfriend, but he's just giving her things I think to he's keep just her mouth taking, shut. Yeah, I think he's just using and taking advantage her, of her, and you know he can call. She can call him his, her boyfriend all she wants, and he might even encourage it if it means that he help. She helps him get stuff. Yeah. Okay. Gross. Anyway. It, I mean, he's already acting of questionable morals. You know, creeping on a child is not. Not out of the range of possibility for this person. So Looper is also a storeroom worker, and he's been going where he basically shouldn't and finding some rare items that they have thought were all gone, like peaches and asparagus, like random foods or whatever that basically they thought most people have seen. Most people think that those foods ran out a long time ago, but there's a couple cans left in like backs of empty storerooms that he's been going around and like scavenging for. And he's sharing these with Lizzie, and Lizzie even offers to get some for Lena, but Lena refuses, which obviously really speaks to her character because even though she can't think of a good solution for, like, with only having, like, a few cans left, like, how would you share that with other people? And, like, it's not a fair situation, but because she can recognize that it is so unfair for only certain people to get these rare items, she doesn't want to participate in something so wrong. 
Yeah, and I like the writing because she's tempted. She's tempted briefly, like she does hear out the logic of, well, there's no way you can divide one can among a hundred people. She's like, that's not a bad argument, but she does think that the fact that Lizzie is obviously deciding this unilaterally is wrong. So I agree that it speaks to her character, but I also like, I do think it's not like Lena's some saint where she's like, this is theft. I must. I would never be tempted to that. Like, she's tempted, and but she rises above, which honestly made me more proud of her. Yeah. So that's one mystery down for Lena, and Dune then is about to crack another, and I'm just going to kind of take you through my thought process and, like, what I wrote down in my notes as this was happening. So Dune is down in the pipeworks, like, and he goes to look at that door that they found that they thought was, like, a tunnel to another place or a tunnel out of ember and when he goes there's a key in the lock so this door is locked the key that remember they saw this mystery man go open the door it's sitting in there so he opens the door and he sees this figure which like how it was described i didn't even realize it was a person because he's like this blob of of flesh was just sitting or whatever and then he's like but just before he like snoring so it's something sleeping But Dune says, like, just before he closes the door, he sees, and I quote, he sees something with a fleshy ear, a slab of gray cheek, and a loose purplish mouth. So I was like, did Dune find a monster? So this is where the monsters come into the story, since, you know, Charles lied to me, said there was no magic. Clearly there's some kind of monster in this scary room. But he also sees that Filled in this room, it's super brightly lit. There's all kinds of, like, the food and everything that, like, all these cans of, like, food that they don't ha- that they thought they didn't have anymore. So, like, obviously someone's stockpiling all of this, all of these supplies. And so I'm like, well, who would be stockpiling all of this stuff? What is this monster that's protecting it? Or, I guess, sleeping? And why, biggest question of all, if you went inside, why would you leave the key sitting in the lock for someone to walk in on you? Like, when have you ever, and please leave us a comment, send us an email, have you ever opened a door with a key that's locked and you left the key in the lock, like in the door behind you? Like, you open the door and just leave the key there and keep going. That makes absolutely no sense. Like, it, if it's a locked door, it's locked for a reason so people can't get in. Imagine if we just walked into our houses and left the keys in the door. I don't know. To me, that was, like, my biggest issue with this whole scene. I was like, that just logically doesn't make sense. Like, why was the key in the door? Like, it could have been one thing if, like, the door was cracked open. So, like, he was like, oh, what's this? But, like, why was the key in the door? Like, I don't know why that bothers me so much. Like, did it, did it not bother you? I mean... I guess, kind of. The marriage Isn't is that supposed just completely to be dumb. illogical? Of course. But, like, he had to make a mistake at some point. Seems like a pretty dumb mistake. Yeah, especially because, like, the pipeworks are underground. So, like, if the door is even slightly ajar, bright light would, like, show up pretty easily. So maybe that's why she didn't write it to have where, like, the door was a little bit open. But I'm just, like, I don't understand why anybody in their right mind... Yeah, it was pretty dumb. Would put a key into a lock, open the door, and then leave the key in the lock. Like, what What kind of logic is that? Unless you're, like, maybe if you're waiting for somebody, but, like, if you're waiting for somebody, have them knock on the door. Like, have them have a secret knock so you know it's that. I'm like, what? Yeah. Anyway. I agree. <laughs> we, fi- 
we find out that this fleshy ear, slab of gray cheek, pur- loose purplish mouth monster is the mayor. Which I don't know if those were supposed to be hints to this like character who's like. Those are things that he's been described as before. I guess I didn't catch any of that. But never, never all three together. But like he's definitely been described as like grayish skinned, and like having a purple mouth and having like being fat and fleshy. Wait, what does that even mean? Who has I have a no idea? Who has a purple mouth? Like I'm just saying, like how it was described right there, it was a monster. Like in my head, there was like an ogre. <laughs> well, I think like that's we the just point. entered Trek Swamp, be... and there's an ogre in this in this underground tunnel. <laughs> I think he's supposed to be described as like subhuman because he's being so greedy. Well, so okay, so the kids have now figured out that it's the mayor who's stealing things, and this is when they really show that they are twelve because. They go and tell the guards, and I was like, you can't trust the guards. Like, I, It was just like, to me, it was so obvious not to tell the people that are directly employed by the mayor. But maybe, I don't know, what do you think? I absolutely agree. Yes, to me, the most naive thing would be to tell the guards because, one, they work for the mayor. So there's a very high possible chance that, if not all of them, but like some of them could be in on it, could be reaping the benefits of all this hidden merchandise and from this we also get the news that looper is the one who walks funny who had the key to the door that they saw before because i think alina she's like oh i didn't recognize him at first but like that's who it is yeah so again more questions you know what kind of scheme is this like why is looper helping the mayor like it's one thing for looper to be like grabbing the food for himself maybe for lizzie this girl for whatever reason but, like, why would he be helping the mayor? Like, I just, what would he be getting out of it? Like, what is, what could the mayor offer him that would make it worth it for him to provide it for him? So. Like, why wouldn't he just keep it all to himself? Well, we haven't really gotten an explanation. So the, and I don't know if we will. I'm assuming that the mayor has access to the storerooms because he's the mayor. So he probably did know that there were things. And so he probably, like, recruited Looper to basically be like, let's do this together. Because Luber's an idiot. And so the mayor, I don't know. But so the way I kind of took it as like the loop, the looper, looper and the mayor and the guards. I mean, what kind of name even is that? He's in the loop? I don't know. It's like very close to loper, which is like ironic because he doesn't lope. He like hobbles. But anyway, they've and they've basically given up on the city. Like there's no hope and there's obviously no escape. So rather than looking for a solution, they're just going to, like, live in excess and comfort until the end. I mean, it's rather brutalist and incredibly lazy of them. But that was kind of just that I was assuming that, like, the mayor and Looper kind of were like, we can do this together. We can have a storeroom where we can, you know, outlive everyone else and have nice things because we're going to be miserable down here anyway. But I don't know. That's literally all i read into it that sounds like an awful way to go but anyway back to the other mystery which is as awful as walking on the street and then having the lights turn off forever oh i would have killed myself already i would have went and i would have (laughs) jumped off one of the buildings anyway well i guess the buildings wouldn't have been high enough they're too small you'd have to fling yourself into the river drowning that's not the way to go out anyway we don't condone any way of harming yourself anyway back no but my point is, like, they're, liber- they're literally living in complete darkness. 
not and the yet. Lights turn off. Well, I would be with Lena and Dune trying to find find our way out. Be like, we got to go somewhere else. There has to be something else besides this. But which brings us back to our mystery of the instructions of how to get out. Which, when Lena shows it to Clary, her friend from the greenhouse, she figures out that the like word where it's like instructions for blah blah. blah it's egress, which means exit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I learned the word egress in fifth or sixth grade when I read this book. Well, when I read in the book, I didn't know what it meant. So (laughs) obviously my fifth and sixth grade teachers failed me because I did not know what it meant. I was like, okay, where's the definition of that, Clary? Come on. I was right there with Lena like, what does that mean? I feel like I've used that word around you before. Well, you use plenty of words that I don't know. So I just, I'm just not listening. Okay. That's, that's pretty accurate okay well i'm pretty sure i learned it when i read this book well well that would make sense because that's how i learned it there you go just <laughs> a decade and a half later <laughs> Ooh, is it been that long since we were in fifth grade a decade and a half later it's barely been a decade just over a decade okay i guess you're right well anyway they find the like i was 13 ju- years goodness gracious calm down that's almost a decade and a half anyway it's like 12 to 13 because sixth grade you're 11 so okay thank you well anyway they find the ladder down and they find the boats and the candles and the matches i mean this part was kind of funny because they don't know what anything is so like it is kind of interesting like hearing humans or like people talk well, also, I love the way they talked about the candles as, like, being, like, gross and, like, like filmy. And I was, like, so true. Like, if you were, if you touched candles and you, like, didn't really know what wax was properly, you'd be like, why does it feel like this? Well, also, like, the matches, like, they were, like, trying to figure out how to do that. And they're, like, this big boat. They're, like, what is that? So that part was kind of funny, I guess. And it's all fun and exciting that, you know, they're finally kind of discovering things and we're getting a few answers. But honestly, this whole, like, goose chase seems just, like, a little bit ridiculous. Like, again, all these I have all these questions for, like, like, just how logical this is. Like, to me, like, why couldn't the builders have just told them what they needed to do or where they were going instead of making it all mysterious like a treasure hunt? Which I guess, now that I'm thinking about it, the reason why it's coming across as all mysterious is because... Poppy ate the instructions. So that's why it's like a mystery. I think I feel like I forgot that. But how we throw I was like, if they're setting this up so that they're able to escape, like, why did they make it into this, like, escape room kind of thing? Like, that it's if you don't make it, like, you're just all going to die down here. But I guess that's not what actually happened. It's just because they lost the instructions. And then now that they found them, Poppy ate them. So it's just a mess. Yeah, I think that your explanation is probably the right one. It just also just makes for a better story that it's a mystery. But, yeah, hopefully the instructions would have been more clear if Poppy hadn't eaten them. So they decide that they're going to leave a message for Clary and probably take a boat ahead. Basically tell everyone how to get there, but they're going to probably go ahead first. Yes, and they have to do this because, of course, Lena and Dune are branded as liars, for basically reporting the mayor to the guards, and now they have to go into the river on their own because they're basically on the run. Yeah, I mean, it was dumb of them to trust the guards, especially, like, the guards have been really rude to Lena in the past. So, like, I'm like, why would you expect them not to be 
bad. But anyway. So it was very naive. Yeah, it was incredibly naive. So then during the Lena Kim Possible escape section, which truly it was like Kim Possible, like she's like, I'm gonna knock over this table, which is gonna sound like this, and it's gonna get in his way. And it's like I was like, when did you become a super agent? But anyway, I really liked so the mayor sits down and he's super fat, as we've established. And Lena's all stressed because, you know, she's, like, trying to figure everything out. But she does have enough time to think of the mayor in the chair. She's like, he'll need to be pried out of it, which I thought was really funny. Like, he must be enormous. Well, also you could see that Lena becomes, I feel like she's thinking of these insults in her head because she's realizing the mayor's true character and how terrible of a person he is. So I feel like, you know, that's what's provoking her more, like, nastier thoughts to come forth is because she's like, yeah. it's not just about... Oh, insulting someone based off of their appearance is the fact that you're a terrible he's an, person. An ugly person on the inside. Ugly person yeah. on the inside. She's, you're so right. She's never like made pejorative judgments about him before. She just said that he's bigger. But now she's like, he's embarrassingly large because she's angry at him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's valid. Then, so I'm about to get into my hot take. I think this is probably the biggest issue I had with where the story went. Which is, so, Lena's able to escape from the mayor's office because there's, like, a blackout and she's able to get out. And then she, like, realizes that she has, like, a new plan because she's like, I've got to meet up with Dune, like, before time runs out. And she's like, I'm going to wait for Mrs. Oh, my God, what's her name again? Murdo. Mrs. Murdo and Poppy, like, to do something. So, in my head, I thought Lena was like, oh, you know... Instead of giving the message to Clary, I'm going to give it to my new, like, family so they'll know, or I'm going to at least tell them where I'm going so they don't have to worry. But, no. This girl's plan is that she's going to bring her toddler sister, Poppy, with her and Dune to this unknown land on this boat to who knows where, like, who knows what. And I just wrote, and was just thinking that, like, to me, this is just incredibly irresponsible of Lena, who is 12 years old, to bring Poppy, a toddler, so, like, even if we say she's, like, four, five years old, max. Barely. She would not be... She speaks... She barely speaks. She's, like, two. No, I'm saying. She's more probably, like, two, three. So, like, a baby. They're bringing a baby with them. (laughs) I just felt like that was completely unrealistic, and I was, like, not expecting that at all. I thought that, like, because Lena's like, I have a new plan. I'm going to have this out. I thought, like, she was just going to talk to them and, like, give them a heads up, but, like, (sighs) and, like, I know, I know Lena cares for Poppy. It's her little sister. They're both orphans, and now they've lost, like, their only, like, family member, their grandmother, and she's obviously very protective of Poppy, but this, to me, like, this is to me where the book just got a little bit, like, it was just not believable that this would work. Because, first of all, like I said, Lena and Dune are for only 12 years old. They have no idea where they're going. They're going to have to get into a boat, which they don't even, they didn't even know what a boat was. They're going to have to get on this scary, dangerous river going, we don't even know where they're going. They don't have, they're like, what if there's no people? Are they going to have any food? Like, why would you bring a baby when, like, you're not even an adult, Like, I guess to me, this just didn't seem plausible at all. And to me, it's only, like, just setting it up so that Poppy can get killed. Like, Poppy could get thrown out of the boat. Like, I just, I don't know. To me, I didn't like this because it was just very unrealistic. Like, I just thought, like, this was, 
everything else has like been fine I think but this to me was where like the book went like this to me is not believable at all and then on top of that I did feel that it was kind of you know selfish of Lena to only think about getting Poppy and bring her with her because she wants to have Poppy and like wants to have her near her and then she completely forgets all about the letter they wrote for Clary so now once they leave they're literally the only ones who know about the way out of Ember no one else knows the instructions. Yeah, I agree. I do think, I will say that I think that her logic about Poppy is good in that she says, like, Ember is doomed. And so there's no way anywhere else, like, could be worse than Ember. Because, but... Um, I would disagree because Ember has food. It has other people. Whereas where they're going is completely unknown. But Ember doesn't have very much food. And they're children who are incapable of taking care of another child. Yeah, but Ember doesn't have much food. And Ember is like weeks away from being like fully blacked out. But because they've literally, like they found the instructions, instead of focusing on I have to take Poppy. Well, and that's also what I mean. It's selfish because that's when it ultimately is like she's only protecting her one little sister, whereas oh. she could have protected the whole town by letting them know, which, I mean, obviously that would have been up to them. And, yes, it's a little bit more unknown, but, like, I don't know. To me, it's just completely unrealistic. Like, can you imagine us as 12-year-olds and we had, like... No, I of course not. I, I would had, not like, a baby it. sister, like a little child. Can you imagine? At 12 years old... No, of course not. 12 years old, did, like... Like, I can't also, even imagine. like, I, I do think it is inexcusable that she forgets to deliver the letter. Like, that was really ridiculous. Like, she's supposed to be a freaking messenger. Like, come on. Like, it's in the <laughs> title. She only knows how to deliver <laughs> verbal text messages. She doesn't know how to deliver actual letters. She's not a mailman. I'm sorry. You got confused? I guess. I must have misunderstood. She's Facebook messenger. <laughs> okay. Messages can only be 50 characters or less. I guess so. But, yeah, I understand what you're saying of, like, her heart was in the right place. But I think, for me, like I said, ultimately the biggest issue is it would have been different if Poppy was, like, eight. Even that would have made a huge difference. It's the fact that Poppy's a child. Like, she's crying the whole time. Like, Poppy is a baby. Poppy's a baby. Like, they talk about she's (laughs) screaming and whimpering. I would have been like, shut up. We need to, we're, we're trying to live. Like, I can't even imagine. Like, and I love little kids. But, like, that's, like, not even, like, a kid. It's a baby. So. It is a baby. I mean, I love little babies, but I also don't think I would ever want to hold a baby on a boat. But not on an adventure, like, life or death. Like, I don't want to hold a baby in a rowboat. Like, that sounds terrible. The only time, like, people bring babies, it's, like, it's your child. Like, obviously, you're not going to abandon your child. Uh, Lena abandoning the message, pretty pretty pivotal. (sighs) So. Then they basically, they go on this long boat ride on the river and they're like getting jostled around and it's pitch black and again, straight from my nightmares and Poppy's like screaming and I'm like, why did you bring a baby with you? It's like people bringing babies on a plane. It's like, what did you expect to happen? They're being thrown around. What, do you, what did you think? So they're on this scary boat ride. I think also for me too, like this whole section of like, obviously they don't know what time it is, which that is something I feel like. I'm afraid of, like, not knowing time because think about how much our world functions on, like, what time it is, what time you do this, how long, like, our concept of time is, like, so set up and, like, to not have that would just be so disorienting. But anyway, back to the story. So they take this long boat ride and then they finally, like, land at the bottom or the end of this river 
and they like are able to like go up onto like the shore almost in like kind of an open cave and they have their candles and stuff and they are able to like start climbing basically and it's this giant ramp like they describe it as it's really like a zigzag ramp like it goes up and then it'll like turn around and go the opposite way just constantly climbing up and they're like they walked for like hours which again they have no idea how long it's been which like ooh, that sounds so disorienting and terrible they literally walk uphill for yeah like for hours, hours and hours and hours in the darkness and at this point in the reading, I was like, okay, clearly if they're walking up this giant ramp, the city of Ember must be underground because they're, they've only been going up now at this point. So they must be coming from very far underground, which I was like, well, maybe it's because there was some kind of, you know, like toxic, like radioactive, like meteor, something happened to the earth that like made it so that people couldn't live above ground anymore, something like that. And that's why the city... And maybe this is the last one, like, was put underground. Like, that was my prediction in, the, in that moment. Because I, like, wanted to write down something before, like, we get a big reveal of, like, what it actually is. I mean, that's ends up being a really good guess. And now you know why it's pitch dark in Ember. Because you were asking really good questions last week about the sun. And, like, how do they not, like... How do they even have a perception of time? How do they, like, live without sunlight? Though I did notice that they take a lot of vitamins all the time. Not saying that, like, you should become a social recluse and live in complete darkness. Because that's not very healthy either, even if you were to take a bunch of vitamin D. D. But, like, I did notice in the reading, I was like, oh, they're taking, they're mentioning vitamins a lot. Like, 12-year-olds really don't need to be taking vitamins most of the time. So, but it sounds like everyone takes them. But anyway. The sun does exist. They're just under the earth. And so, of course, I didn't know about it. And I was wondering how soon you would, like, realize that because that's, like, obviously a pivotal thing that I did remember from reading it. And so you figured it out when they were taking the ramp. I feel like I mentioned in the last episode. You did mention it, I believe, so that they could be underground. And I was like, ooh, she's almost there. Well, again, because if there's no sun, it's mo- it was more likely that they were in some kind of enclosed space than the sun exactly. didn't exist anymore. So... Yeah, well, as for the radioactivity, that could be one of the concerns the builders. We aren't told that explicitly, though we might. If that is something that could come up in the next two books, I honestly have no idea. So as they exit, there's like a signage for the refugees from Ember. Like, as it's like created, like, it's clear that like lots of people were supposed to be like walking up this ramp and stuff. And they end up, like, coming out into this, like, beautiful natural landscape. It's nighttime. And they're, like, freaking out because they're, like, it's light. Like, there's light. And it's not, like, electricity. Like, not a light bulb. It's They see the moon and the stars. And I thought I did think it was funny how Dune was, like, he was, like, well, they must have light bulbs or something. Like, some form of, like, artificial light. Because he's, like, this is not bright enough to, like, work by, to live by. Like, I can't even see. Like, (laughs) Because, you know, like, at night, like, obviously, like, there's the moonlight and there's the stars, so it's not pitch black outside, but it's not... Which it would have been an ember, but it's not, like, It's not light where you could, like, work on something or read something. Like, it's too dark. So, I did like that he mentioned that. But this nice moment of them, like, discovering, you know, the outside was immediately ruined because Dune is, like... Oh, like, why out of all the things, like, he's all excited about seeing all these different bugs. Like, that's what he's so excited about. Like, 
like I said before, Dune really needs a new hobby. Like, literally, he gets super excited. He's like, all oh, there's like, they hear, like, the chirping crickets. And he's like, it must be a bug. Like, it's singing, a singing <laughs> bug. Like, I got to find one of those. And, like, I was just disgusted. Oh, I disgusted. figured it was a nightingale, which is a bird anyway. No, no, no. I think they say, oh, I thought they were saying, like, it was the chirping of the like crickets and then they also said like birds because they see birds i'm assuming is what they described because they're like i don't know what that is it has they said it has like a its mouth was like a thorn or something so i assume that was like a bird (laughs) and like they were like freaked out i mean i can't even imagine like imagine seeing some flying thing that's like not a bug and you've never seen in your life and you're like what is that and it's like (laughs) (laughs) well remember we don't i don't do that well with birds so and I've and I've known what birds are my whole life, and I still don't do all with them. And I think the funniest part was I think they didn't obviously because they don't know what kind of animal it was, but it was like I'm assuming it was like a fox or like a coyote or a wolf or something. They see like I forget it was like a fox or like a stray cat. A stray cat. I mean, yeah, I think it was more like a fox because obviously like, it wasn't like a predator predator because like the fox comes and what does it grab? It grabs it's like eating a plum. A plum, yeah. It grabbed like a piece of fruit. So like it, I don't think it would have been like a wolf or something. But so I think a fox is actually a good guess because foxes do eat fruit. My first, my first guess was a fox, especially. But how do they describe it? Because like the fox looks at them, they look at the fox, they make eye contact. The fox grabs the plum and jumps away, and they're like, I don't know what that was, but we just lived for the first time. <laughs> yeah, they were like, we're alive. It's alive, and I'm like. Oh, right, because you don't know what animals Which, like, are. Which, like, I understood because it's also in the sense of, like, the connection that humans have with animals of, like, obviously animals aren't the same, like, as humans. But, like, there is, like, a level of understanding that like, you obviously don't get with, like, a bug or something. Like, animals, especially depending on the type of animal and, like, mammals, like, they have feelings and have, like, thoughts or in their animal minds but like it's just like that connection i could i can imagine that being a very powerful moment of like you've never seen an animal before and this thing acknowledges you like i agree i agree yeah that makes sense well conveniently they found a journal on the ground in the tunnel and they're reading it the next day because the sun comes up and they're like look at that light this one is warm and massive and you can see everything yes well the journal i'm pretty sure wasn't um poppy trying to eat it so i guess this is where they justify bringing her along they're like if poppy wouldn't have come we wouldn't have found this journal because poppy wouldn't have eaten it or something so that's how they like justify getting that but so we get this journal which is basically like kind of it's from the perspective of somebody who like went it's from this lady's perspective of someone who, like, went down in the tunnels. And so we get this whole explanation of basically the government had basically set up because they were worried that, like, you know, the world, like, human life was going to end. Like, the world was going to, something was going to happen where, like, human life could no longer continue. And they wanted to ensure that humans would always exist on Earth. So they set up this city of Ember, I guess, like, down super far underground and they sent only, like, people ages 60 and older and then a whole bunch of babies and, like, all these 60-year-old people were, like, assigned a partner, and then they were each supposed to raise two babies. And this was obviously to set up so that, obviously, the people who did were who were going to remember, like, normal Earth were older and were going to die out pretty much by the time 
the kids were like becoming young adults basically and so that way it would be easier for them to raise these children of like this is your reality like you live in this place where there's no sun like the city of ember like lean in dune like they have no idea what the outside world is they only know about the city of ember so that way i mean which like i said i mean it actually is like a pretty good way of doing it because then like you don't have anybody like let us out like we want to leave like it totally makes sense why they would do this so my prediction was right partially i mean that basically it was in preparation of something bad happening but something at least from what we've know now is nothing bad has happened but again we don't actually have the answer because we didn't get that far in this book but i do think like the explanation like after that whole book and going through all that, to me, it was a pretty satis- like a satisfying like explanation. It all made sense. It was very clear, unlike Divergent. Like, it, everything made sense. I completely agree. I think that's a... I thought it was satisfying, too, that, like, it felt reasoned and thought out and believable. I mean, as much... I mean, it's clearly fiction, you know? But, like, it felt like... Yeah, I I agree. I just was like, oh, this doesn't feel out of complete left field. And even this is like kind of like simulation-y and that like they were like a bunch of people were sequestered to, you know, protect humanity. And that's kind of what they were doing in Divergent. But in Divergent, all of a sudden it was about bad genes and craziness. And also that was like at the end of the, that was like the third book. So it was completely unrelated. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting too much. It was too much too late. and. So one of the things that I thought of that, like, that would have, I think, enhanced the plan and, like, could have probably gone to your question earlier of, like, why did it have to be, like, a goose chase? I feel like it was a good plan except the one box of instructions in the mayor's office. Because if they had the technology to make these boxes that open 200 years later, why couldn't every single house have a box? And it's just something that you pass on. And then if everyone's box is open the same day, then there's a really good chance that more than one copy of the instructions would exist. And also, like, then the freaking mayor wouldn't have, like, stolen it to think that Lina's ancestor wouldn't have stolen it to, you know, think that there was a medicinal cure in it if everyone had one in their home. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be a very good story Well, it's also then. clear, though, that, I mean, it's clear, obviously, too, like, obviously nobody knows what's in the box. That's why that mayor thought that there would be something else in it, because they don't even know what's in it. But I'm saying that if every single household just had a box, and you were just told, like, we just keep the boxes, and, like, but because there was only one box and only a mayor had access to it, you know, like, he obviously thought it was more important. I feel like you could have just solved that by giving everyone a box. I was all, that seems like a good solution, but also, like, another hole in the plan is, let's say everyone did escape, like, was there going to be, maybe the mayor had access to, like, a big book of, like, how are these people going to learn about, like, what the sun is, what are the different animals, like, weather, like, all these things that they haven't experienced literally their whole lives and for generations and generations because they've lived underground for 200 years, like, that's something that we haven't learned, which maybe we'll get that in the next book, but that's something that I would also wonder of. Yes, they've let these people out, but or they've guided these people to escape when it's time, but like how do you set them up to live now in the normal world? Yeah, also how is like 200 years decided like if there's the chance that something was going to go wrong? Like how are they going to make food? Like do yeah. they know that they can eat animals? Like 
They don't know that. Because obviously they know how to grow food in the greenhouses. They can, like, grow vegetables and stuff like that. But, like... Want to say a greenhouse underground makes no sense, but anyway. Well, the greenhouse underground thing also, yes. I mean, I guess if you're using, like... Aren't you using, like, if you're UV using lights, a UV light bulb, so maybe they have greenhouse light bulbs. But so they had something like they must have something like, like that. A greenhouse or it was just only works. Like Twelve-year-olds aren't going to be thinking about that. They're not going to think that far. Well, into I'm it just saying, like when they're reading. Yeah, and it, like unless you know what a greenhouse does, it, it, but like you're like oh, okay. Right they now we're like wait. I, I was just like wait. Oh, the whole way a greenhouse works is that it collects sunlight. I'm like, there's no sunlight underground. <laughs> Well, as I said, it definitely, it would have to, it's with the, like, special, they had special light bulbs. Yeah. Well, okay. So then, they conveniently stumble on a cleft and a ravine, and they see the city of Ember below them. Like. This was the second most ridiculous (laughs) thing. This just made no sense, because they just climbed for, like, four hours, so it has to be, like, hundreds and hundreds of feet Well, also the fact that, like. Ember just happens to be, like, exposed to the the air, and that just happens to be where they're looking. Okay, also, I guess we can reel out radioactivity, because if if Ember is actually open to the air, then radioactive materials could have gone down. (laughs) Or if they were trying to prevent radioactivity, it wouldn't have been solved by Ember being exposed to the air. But, yeah, this was ridiculous, because... (laughs) Like, also, okay. They just happen to like stumble on it and then they drop the message and it happens to land in front of Mrs. Murdo and not murk somebody. Like, <laughs> odds are that First thing, of all, that, that message would have That would have someone. created a crater in the ground. That thing dropping. I mean, wait, what did they put in it? Was it just the like what did they put in it? The piece of paper? No, they put they attached something else to it. No, I think I know it was like Dune's shirt. So I guess that's not that heavy. But like when you think of like physics, like the velocity that that would have caught, like no, they also put something in it to weigh it, like a ball. Mm, I don't remember. All I know is like they definitely like Dune. I don't know if it was his only shirt or he had an extra shirt on. He like took his shirt off and like wrapped it around whatever they wrote on. He had extra shirts because he had his little pack, but like. They definitely put things in it to weigh it down, and Lena throws it. Like, I don't know. It was yes. just kind of like, I mean, first of all, the fact that they could be, the fact that they, like, were standing above the city from, like, walking all that way up, and they were like, we can see the streets. I was like, that is completely unrealistic. Like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, also the fact that they'd be able to identify the streets, but that they, you wouldn't be able to see sunlight from below, especially, like... When Ember falls into complete darkness. No, well, I get that. The sunlight, because it's clear. They, like, climb into a cave. Like, they go in the cave, and then they, like, crawl down a little bit, and then there's, like, this cliff. I I mean, it doesn't make any sense that they'd be able to see all the way deep down there, but it makes sense that sunlight wouldn't make it in. Yes, well, that's what I thought. It made sense that sunlight wouldn't make it in, but you're mentioning the fact that they could see streets. I'm like, they shouldn't have been able to see discernible streets. No, that just doesn't make sense. Because it's clear, like, they had to be hundreds and hundreds of feet below ground. So it just, it makes absolutely no sense that they would be able to do that. So, I mean, what what I kind of wrote down at the end, which I feel like this is, like, the end of the movie or, like, the movie trailer for, like, the next book or something, like... Like, Selena and Dune discover the truth about their city, but will their message be enough to get everyone else to leave in the boat? And if it doesn't, how will they survive with no food? Are there other people still out in the world, or are the citizens of Ember the last remnants of the human race? 
you can all find this out in the next book. <laughs> it can be purchased here. <laughs> Is this an ASMR? Click the link below ASMR to find ASMR out. Like, I feel like, have you ever seen those YouTube ads like for like audiobooks or something? Yes. I don't know. I get random YouTube ads, but that's what it sounds like. Yes. But anyway, going seriously back to my questions. But yeah, I mean, will their message be enough to like get everyone to leave? Like, will that be enough to convince people? And then also, I mean, if well, I have an answer, the answer, but that's because I've read the next book. So, but I'm obviously not going to spoil it. And then also, if the city of Ember people don't come, like, how are Lena, Dune, and Poppy going to adapt to this world? Like, are they going to have to learn how to? They don't know how to make food. They don't know how to grow food. They didn't work in the greenhouse. Poppy's literally on a leash. They literally <laughs> called it a leash. They took a dog with them. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. How are they going to adapt? And then, These like I said, all- I think my biggest question is, are there other people still out there? Like, they put them down there in case, like, are they going to get to interact? Because obviously, like, right now, they're right now they're basically in the middle of nowhere. So, like, how long is it going to take for them to, like, run into another human being? And I am just wondering if the next book is going to stay focused on Lena and Dune. Are we going to, like, jump back and forth between them and, like, maybe some new main characters that are still in Ember? And personally, I'm hoping more for us to stay focused on Lena and Dune because, yes, I want to know if Ember people get out. But, like, I ultimately want to about the main characters because I'm more interested in about, like, what's going on in the actual world. Like, that's maybe just a personal preference. I agree. I, I think I know what happens. I'm not going to tell you. But I agree personally that, like, I also just don't want to be stuck in Ember again for too long because... Like, Ember's boring. Like, it's oh, just we already one covered little it. city. Like, we already covered it. So, like, yeah, I would want to go further. I mean, again, unless we get, like, a lot of commentary on the mayor being a bad person, and that's, like, sassy. No. Other than that, like, there's not much left to cover in Ember, so... Also, by doing that, it's gonna it's just gonna expand the world, which is obviously like for us, like we like this like series and stuff. Like it's just more it's in a more interesting story once you expand the world. Like yeah. I said, we love world building. We do love world building. If we had merch, I think our our like podcast T shirt would like be the logo and the front lapel and like along the back, like along the neck, it would say like we love world building. Well, yeah, maybe that's something for the future. That that was my cue for Asia to make the p- podcast merch. But anyway, I do think those are all really excellent questions, and I hope we will get some answers. Like I said, I'm not sure how much we're going to get in the next book, because I remember beginning it. I don't know how it ends, though. But the book, Ember, at least, was so far very much aligned with what I remembered. So, Asia, do you have an overall impression? Like, what do you want to say before we wrap up? So, my overall final impression of the book was, I did think the story, like I said, was it was just interesting enough to like keep me wanting more as I was reading it. And unlike Divergent, this is actually a complete book with an actual ending, but still leaves enough of a cliffhanger to make me want to keep reading to continue the next continue the series on to the next book. Whereas obviously, as you know, if you listen to the last series, Divergent literally left on the book was unfinished. We didn't know what was happening to them. You literally couldn't you you had to read the next book or you just wouldn't know what happened. Whereas at this like we don't know what's going to happen to Lena and Doom, but we did get the closure of they did make it out of Ember. They, like, solved their conflict of this book. And essentially, like, if you were satisfied with that and don't really care, you could essentially have only read that first book. Yeah, whereas if this was Divergent, they would have made it halfway through. No, they would have literally gotten in the boat and they would, like, 
And they would have, like, we would have, we would have cut off of them being in the boat, being walked around. We wouldn't even know if they'd made it to shore. <laughs> we don't even know if they would have made it to the they shore. They would still be on the transportation. <laughs> Just like in Divergent, they get on the train and you're like, you're like, is the train gonna get blown up? Like, anyway. no idea. But anyway, so I did obviously compare to the last series, enjoy that. But like we've mentioned quite a few times, it's clearly just for a younger audience with the young and naive characters. And like I said, I just I hope that the next book is going to dive more into what happened to people on Earth, like who are still living on the surface and if there's anyone left above ground. And I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing the characters mature a little, whether there's a time jump or just with the experience of this, they're going to, you know, mature in their like emotional capacity and like mental capacity. Yes, I expect that we'll get into at least some of those topics in the next two books. Especially since they're basically going to be taking on the role of parents of this baby. <laughs> and I do think from what I remember about, and like what I remember reading about the series, like in preparation for us covering on the show, I do think we're going to get a maturity level growth out of these ca- characters, which I... I would expect so. Yeah. I mean, it's not a great trilogy if they stay 12 for three books. So I think that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. So next week, we're going to be starting the next book, which is The People of Sparks. So right there, it has to be about the new people. Maybe they're like, maybe we're like, maybe it's like the future, but like we start over. So it's like the people of Sparks, like the first people to discover fire. Like, who knows? Anyway. And we're going to be reading chapters 1 through 15 for next week. Well, uh, send us a comment if you know what face I'm making right now. Oh, I think I'm right. Charles made a face like I'm kind of maybe making a correct guess. Or I'm, it's either I'm correct or I'm really, really off. Like, terribly off. Well. Maybe it's about the builders. I have I no know. idea. I, have a, I think I know what it is, but I could be completely wrong, too. So I probably shouldn't be making a face. But. In all seriousness, if you do have predictions or theories or questions or comments of any kind, remember you can always get in touch with us on the Nerd Party website. You just head over to nerdparty.com slash contact and you select throwback paperback. That will send an email to us. And you can get in touch with the network at large on on Twitter at Join Nerd Party, on Instagram at the Nerd Party or Facebook.com slash the Nerd Party. And to find me... I don't even know why we bother saying this anymore, but I'm technically C.E. Sheeland on Twitter. Though I don't even know if I'm logged in anymore. And I'm at Seashells on Instagram. And I'm at Asia Boney on Twitter, which I don't, I never go on Twitter. Let's be real. But I do go on Instagram a lot and I'm at Asia.Bonia there. So if you enjoyed this, as always, make sure that you rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. And of course, check out the other podcasts on the Nerd Party Network. And make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss us next week. Yes, hit that subscribe. Have a good one. We will see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.